What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to New Hill Talks, a podcast for the members and regular attenders of New Hill Church. My name is Michael Meadows. I'm the lead pastor at New Hill Church. I am Gary Fox, associate pastor of the month, two months in a row at New Hill Church. Right, he, he brought it back. He brought it back. We are alone today. Uh, it feels kind of weird. And just me and you. Yeah. I mean, we got the Holy Spirit. But... The Holy Spirit is here. He yeah. is in this place. He is welcome in this place. He's welcome in this place. You should sing that song for us right now. We nah. No, have you been? Uh, I'm feeling better. Yeah, I'm starting to feel better. Yep, with my sciatica, it's it's uh, loosened up a lot. I'm going to chiropractor again this afternoon. Okay. Um, I'm doing stretching and icing and all kinds of things. Plus, I go to a physical therapy, which is called aqua therapy. It's in a heated pool. And if you're ever like at the Y and you see like little old ladies doing their little, and Gary's little right there. Water. I'm in there with them. I got a hair. I got the, uh, I got the the hair thing, the hair, uh, the water hat thing. And For what? <laughs> and I got nose plugs and uh, arm floaties and stuff like that. So no, it's there's no. Where do you, where do, you do this at? It's actually the watch with Y. There's no little old ladies though. What day oh, don't yeah! I go on Wednesdays and Wednesdays and uh, Fridays at one thirty, and chiropractor on Thursdays at two. But I don't know. Hopefully, I won't have to do this much longer. Thank God, there was a chance I was going to need surgery. So, yeah, hopefully they can uh, they can fix that out. Yeah, no doubt. Oh man, dude, did you watch a? Uh, UFC fights. Did you see the highlight? I saw it. I, I heard about it. Talk about like therapy. I didn't want to see it. <laughs> snapped it. Snapped uh, his leg. Give that little plug to the UFC for our buddy Chase, who's listening in, I'm sure, as this drops. So um, something that we want to do, uh, just kind of moving forward for a little bit of time. Again, if you guys have questions, you want to hear us uh, address something particular, um, let us know, um, and we'll answer that uh, question. It can be about faith. Uh, worldview, right? Uh, based off of your faith, hey, you know this is what's going on in the world. We'd love to know how we should respond and react. And um, but something we want to do um, as those questions come in is, is take time in these episodes coming up just to talk about some things that maybe were left out um, in Sunday morning's message. Can you explain what we mean by left out, Gary? Doesn't well, yeah. mean doesn't mean we just ignore it. It doesn't no. matter. It's uh, you know there, there some passages have. A lot more. Um, uh, what's the word? There, there's lots of folds to this thing, where where maybe there's words in the Greek, for example, that could be uh, understood in different ways, and you could really develop and paint a real bright picture. Or there's real crazy amount of context, like historical context around a passage, and so there could be one passage where you could rightly preach the same ten verses or whatever two or three Sundays in a row, hitting it at different angles, the same point, but bringing in greater context so that way after two or three weeks of getting into all of that stuff, you really have a big, huge grasp of that passage. Acts 2 actually probably would be an example of that. Or there's times where as you're a pastor, you're praying about what God would have for the congregation where you don't feel the need to... You just don't feel him pressing in on you to spend three weeks or two weeks on a passage. And so then you have to really concentrate on what's the heart of this thing and then maybe touch on a few of these other issues and maybe make reference to them. But a lot of it you're just going to have to leave, you know, uh, um, you know, for another time. Um, and so this podcast, I think, would be a good chance for us to kind of sweep up behind that and and talk about some of those things yeah and talk a lot a little bit more about the the details and whatnot so yeah very good um so that's what we want to do we want to take some time um at the beginning of these episodes and it may depend on how long we talk about it whatever is left out um i'll even back up a little bit um to something i thought was pretty neat uh the oh, other boy. week um do you know why they met in the upper room this is not a joke sounds like a joke yeah by the way. right <laughs> Why did they meet in the upper room? I don't know. Where do we typically meet in our homes? Is the living room up upstairs? Upstairs from what? The basement? Yeah. Well, I mean upstairs. Like, do you hang out in your upstairs? Like, do you like walk in? Are your bedrooms on the first floor? Usually. Yeah, I see what you're saying. 
Usually, no. Usually, bedrooms and stuff like that would be upstairs. So back in the day, they structured their buildings so that the upper room could hold the most people from the walls um, downstairs. So the upper room was the gathering room in most places. That's interesting. Yeah. It's neat. Well, I know that probably the higher up you go, like maybe... Because I know like in the evenings especially, like people would sit on their roof um, and so forth just to get out from the heat, you know, and and so forth, like because the sun's setting or whatever. So I wonder if there's a... If that also is part of it. You get 120 people in a room, it's going to be hot no matter what. No doubt. <laughs> Especially in Israel, like in Jerusalem. Yeah, so Pastor Simon uh, preached a message. If you didn't get to listen to that, you can go. It's uh, been posted uh, by this point. So you can go back in and listen to that great message. We appreciate Pastor Simon bringing the, the heat for us um, this past Sunday. But um, there were even some things that, that he was talking about. One of the... Do you remember... We should just call him is what we should do. Just put the... The phone up to the microphone. What would happen? And I don't know. I think you pick up. We're going to try this. Uh, <laughs> but what we're going to do uh, while I give uh, Pastor Simon a little call here, um, what what's something, Gary, uh, that you see in the first 11 verses or 13 that he tackled um, that really stood out to you? Um, again, we, we're not taking away from the message. Just some things that like we can even expound a little further on. Yeah, well, I think he did a real good job with talking about the different feasts, and you could. I that's learned an, so much about that. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those issues where you could you could do a whole message on um, uh, the feasts of the Old Testament. You know, when we read in the New Testament, the day of Pentecost had arrived or it had come. Um, that word meant something, you know. So, what was Pentecost? What was going on? Um, you know, with that and so forth, and and how that is a fulfillment. The fact that the the baptism of the Holy Spirit came um, at Pentecost in, in Acts chapter two, and how that's a how that the 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 purpose of Pentecost kind of prefigured that, or kind of foreshadowed this coming harvest, this coming um, what we would you know now we would say the coming of the Holy Spirit. So I thought that was that was an interesting point, and I'll be real honest, if it, like. You, when you're a pastor or a preacher, you you do, you can't help but um, think about the passage that someone else is preaching through, because just the way you read the Bible is different because you've done this before, and so I don't even think if I if I had if, if I had been asked to preach this, I don't know if I would have got into that. You know what I mean? It was like I was like, dang, that is really good. Like it wouldn't have. Right. I'm not saying I'm saying that as a, a, a attaboy to Simon. That that's a that is a very worthwhile sport like consideration to helping you understand what was going on here. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and Pentecost had been talked about for a long time. Like, I mean, even with the foreshadowing, you know, Simon talked about the feast being a type of the things that were to come, and right. um, David is a type of the one who was to come. Yep. And, um, so we see things like that all the time, but often overlook them um even as pastors yeah like you and i like we're talking about like how we like overlook or uh maybe like we'll read about it in a commentary but like really to drive that home yeah that was really good um for me i i like when i read this text uh one of the the things that like stands out to me um and even like in a deeper study as i was i was doing this as this text was uh being prepared but um Thinking about all of the people there, you read in, in verses 9 um, mm-hmm. down through 11, all of them, all kinds of people, like the nations, right? Yep. They're there and it says, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And that was something uh, Pastor Simon hit on for, for a second, was kind of like this reverse of, of Babel. Um, now, it, I also read like it's not a complete reverse because it's not like we've gone back to one language. There's beauty right. and diversity within languages and dialect and, and whatnot. But um, what's great is that the gospel can be understood um, across the board. Right. Like it, it's going into, it's not just like the people of uh, Israel. It's not just the, the Jews. Yep. Um, but that this wall of hostility has been taken down and the yes. gospel is going forth to the nation. So you see a little bit of the Great Commission uh, playing out just here with all of these nations being represented. They were there for um, a pass or what is it? They're there for Pentecost. Pentecost. Yeah. Um, and then, then, he also mentioned this, and this is a good point, where he said that a new nation is born now uh, at Pentecost, the church. 
So you've got Israel obviously represented there, and then all of these other pagan and heathen and, and Gentile people that are there for Pentecost for various reasons. Some of them may be there just for commerce. Like literally they, they're coming to sell stuff because whenever there's a ton of people show up, you're going to have vendors of different sorts show up. Maybe some of them are God-fearers. Maybe some of them are just interested in this kind of thing or what for whatever reason. But now there's one, there's a new nation. There's a new a new people that is both Jew and Gentile that has been born. And the, the term that has been coined that is sad that we've lost is the word Catholic, which is a unique term, and it's a very beautiful term, rightly understood. And it's this. It's that the people of God are Catholic. They are universal. So whether, in other words, you don't have to be a Jew, you don't have to be an Arab, you don't have to be this, you don't have to be Asian or whatever. You don't have to be some, either some ethnicity or some uh, secular, you know, just kind of like a culture. The church is universal. The church is Catholic. It is all languages, all peoples. It is open to uh, every you know nation and tribe and tongue and so forth. So right. that starts right here in Acts two. Yeah. All right, we've got a special <laughs> guest uh, here with us, Simon. You are on the podcast. We're recording live. Hey, buddy. Say what's up. Hey, everybody. How's it going? There you are. All right. I don't know how this is all going to sound. Are you but... working too hard or hardly working? Both. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man. Hey, Pretty so we we are doing um, a piece of. Uh, a segment in the podcast where we're talking about things that um, maybe were left out of, of your message, something that, you know, like, hey, for time's sake, this is, you know, I feel like the Lord's really laying this on my heart, so I'm going to uh, preach on this. So a uh, few of these other things, not that they're less important, but um, obviously just didn't brush over time. them. Didn't have time or whatever because uh, you had to get so much in uh, in your message. What is one thing that stood out to you in the in your study uh, that maybe you didn't touch on as much um, yeah, I think really the impact on the believer's life. I think I got to talk about that maybe for like a minute or two. But I think I, I think the, the profound nature of, of what occurred that day and then what it actually means for us. Um, that, that's something that I didn't really get to get too in depth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I think that's a, a good point to make. I mean, what would you say like the implications are? Like if you. However many seconds you want to take, if you got to hop off here for work, whatever, just hang up on us. Uh, we'll know what's up. But um, share a little bit of that, like maybe uh, what that does mean, since you've got some time now to talk. Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing being that important to know is that the baptism of the Spirit is not experiential. You wouldn't know that it's happening. We know from Scripture, canon of Scripture that it's something that you don't experience, that you wouldn't feel or know. It's not goosebumps or hype. Um, the infilling of the Spirit is experiential. Um, but when you're baptized with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is living in you. The implications of that are, are that you um, you now are held to a, a higher standard. It's not just obeying the law. It's a, it's a law of the heart. So then you get into heart intention. Um it's 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 a, a law that not just doing the physical act but the desires of your heart so then the implication would be that the desires of your heart change um as you do on his word if the desires of your heart aren't changing you're either not you either don't have the spirit of god in your life or you're not spending enough time in the word um and we're told not to grieve the spirit so um when you do there should there would be evidence of of the fruit of the spirit not coming out when you grieve the spirit in disobedience or you're living in sin or you're not able to really um, control your flesh then you're going to see the implications of that affect all your relationships um, but we're held to a higher standard we're called to be an example to others that um, it's not just refraining from swearing or not lusting after people or things of that nature but in, you know in your heart like what does your heart actually desire? Your desires will change. So it's not just like obey the law just because it's obligatory or I want to get to heaven. It's like God literally changes it so that his will is your will. So that's when you know, wow, God, God is living inside of me. He's changing me. It's, it's like, 
man, before it didn't sound desirable for my desires to to line up with what I'm seeing in Scripture as the will of God. But but then the joy of actually desiring the kingdom of God, desiring for His will to be done, desiring for for obedience to what He calls us to, and it's not boring. Rather, it's the most exciting thing you ever experience. It, the Christian life is actually not not boring at all, um, but it would seem that way from someone who doesn't have the Spirit of God living inside of them, doesn't have a regenerated spirit themselves. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, good stuff. Some initial thoughts. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I mean, it's a, it's a good point to make. I mean, as you see, um, you know, the, the coming of the Holy Spirit and uh, the outpouring here is is pretty profound and and for us you know like we read in the epistles we get to know like how great that is and what the implications are i think on the last episode we posted um that wasn't just a sermon but an actual podcast episode uh we talked about our body being a temple that the holy god is taken residence up by his holy spirit um dwelling inside of every believer um and the implications i mean they're truly profound um as it changes who we are like not by our own doing but like you said like god's changing our will because he himself is living inside of us and convicting us and convincing us of our sin and need to change every day and then also i think pastor gary touched on this a little bit in some personal conversation is like this isn't optional this isn't like you can have it part of the way right it's like if you if you want it part of the way that might be evidence you're not even you don't even have the spirit of god I mean, it's not just like you can have your cake and eat it too. You know, I'm going, I can go to, go, to, go to heaven, but nothing about my physical life on earth is going to change. Right. I mean, that's that's a huge red flag. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, man, well, we're going to let you get back to work. Uh, thanks for joining us and giving us some insight and just uh, bringing us into your process and some of the things that stood out but um, didn't make it, uh, didn't make the cut. Right. <laughs> All right, man, we appreciate yeah. you. I'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. Always making it, always making it weird for us. All right. No, that's that's, good. Yeah, that's real good. That is good stuff. So, um, all right. So we got a lot to talk about. Um, even apart from this, um, again, we we've been thinking about uh, and thinking through some things, and as uh, events transpire in the world around us, we feel the need. Um, to touch on it, um, address it, and give a, um, more importantly, put Jesus in the perspective, right. um, whether it be a good situation, bad situation, um, but things need talked about. Uh, one of the recent events, uh, and it's kind of happened like, it all transpired very quickly and, and close together. So um, going on a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago, um, we saw the... Um, the killing of uh, George Floyd um, took the the nation by shock. Um, just kind of in, in at least the nature of it. Um, so I'll say this just so like everybody understands where we're coming from moving forward. We don't rejoice even at the death of uh, the wicked. Uh, the Bible tells us we should not rejoice at the death of, of really any. Um, we want people to come to know the Lord. Um, death is inevitable. Um, unfortunately, murder happens, killings happen, um, right or wrong. We don't rejoice at that. Um, so understand that is like our premise here. Like we, we don't rejoice at the death of anybody. So then we, we, we take a look at, at his death and some of the things that transpired in those events and security footage came out. And our first response to these things um, should not be uh, defensive or overly aggressive towards any side. Again, I'd mourn the death of, of anybody, um, especially someone who's lost and didn't know Jesus. I'm not applying that to George Floyd. I'm not applying that to any other um, case that we've seen. Um, but it's the truth that we deal with. Now, in this case, um, it, it finally came around and uh, a verdict came in. Um, what, two weeks ago now? Yeah. A week ago? Just a little over a week ago. Yeah. Because yeah, I think it was, it was while we were gone. So um, you see this come down, and Derek Chauvin was the police officer who was charged with the murder and then finally convicted of second and third degree and a few other charges, I yeah. think. Uh, mis- yeah, all of them. Yeah. Slaughter, everything. I, I just can't remember uh, what all was the case. Now, what's what's interesting here is I'm just. I'll, I'll try and navigate this, Gary, and then let let you talk too, because you've got a lot of a lot more insight. But even for me, not understanding law, 
Um, I was shocked um, at, at least the second degree charge um, of yeah. murder. Um, I'll say personally, I think what happened was wrong. Um, whether the man had fentanyl in him, um, it, it seemed like an abuse of power, which is really sad coming from um, somebody who you're supposed to trust, right? Who's who's been placed in a position like that. However, um, the overreaction would be applying that same frustration towards Derek Chauvin onto other police officers, as if it's across right. the board. You so, know, just incidentally, I just want to point this out. The second degree murder charge, I think, was way, way too much. That's going to get overturned, I think. Do you know what third degree murder is? So I looked it up, and <laughs> third it degree, doesn't. He, I don't even know how he can be charged with it. Third degree murder, though, let so, alone convicted. So of weird it. because literally by definition, and like if you like get on some law sites, it'll tell you that some states see it as manslaughter. It's, Did you know that? Yes, yes. Because so, so let's say you go. Um, it's weird. Let's say you take a gun and there's a big festival somewhere, so there's people milling around, and you you just start shooting. You're not trying to kill George or Bill or Bob. You just shoot. You hit somebody indiscriminately. Um, that could be, in some states they would call that manslaughter because you weren't. Maybe you would say, and it would depend on other contexts, like what what else was going on. I didn't. It was an accident. So then that would be manslaughter. Or if you're just some idiot shooting and you're, you're like, you don't care if you hit somebody or not. It's like totally beyond, it's like total extreme recklessness. But you're not going after somebody to kill them or you're not aware that what I'm doing is going to kill that person. So secondary murder, first degree murder is saying, I'm going to kill this guy. And then you go and kill the guy. Second degree murder is you're in a tussle, like the issue there with George Floyd and, and that officer. And now you've got the guy down, for example, or you got a gun on him, or whatever is going on, and you know that even though I didn't show up today to do this, if I don't stop, I'm going to kill him, and then you don't stop, and you kill him. That's second-degree murder. But then the third-degree murder was like, uh, so sometimes it's manslaughter, sometimes it's not, but it's indiscriminate. Whatever it is, it's, it's an indiscriminate issue. Like, you're not... You don't know who you're going to kill. You didn't, you know, what it was this guy or this guy. Didn't, you didn't know. So I don't even know how that could ever in a billion years, even if he was guilty of sin, like, that's not the, it'd be like also charging him with jaywalking or also charging him with theft. It's like, it, that is not what he did. It's not even applicable. So anyway, that's a side issue. But to me, it just indicates. But you like, made a post. You you think he should have at least been charged with manslaughter. I think that would have been reasonable. I'm not even sure he's guilty of it. Um, but that, that would have been the reasonable charge yeah, by definition. Like, that would have been, yeah, for sure. The, definitely, definitely that's the only charge I believe he should have been charged with. If convicted, manslaughter is hard. That's a hard one. He, I could go either way with that one on whether or not he, he should be convicted. In other words, if that was what he was convicted of, I would not walk away feeling like this guy just got railroaded. Um but if he got declared innocent, I, I I don't think I would I would I got mixed feelings. It's like there's a lot of issues that went into that case that, that you're that not specific get. one. Yeah, I mean, Man, so that, it's like so that, that one's like the tough thing. I saw someone post like I think the very same thing. Um, <coughs> he gets off like whatever. If he gets convicted, like whatever, um, and not like whatever. Like it doesn't matter, but like whatever. And like it's so tough. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, so it's it's difficult because like here's the thing too like we're not talking about this about like a black or white thing like literally like the race or ethnicity of somebody um, we're saying like by definition how law works um, that's that's the perspective we're taking so um, it sucked uh, that he died period uh, but so you get this kind of victory um, at least it felt like for a lot of people and then. So, like, kind of moving off of that, like that, day. that specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you have that one. Uh, that one went to trial. Uh, the police officer's convicted. Um, and, again, we'll, we'll move off of that because that was a weird case. Well, that same day, though, is that what you're going to get to in Columbus? Same day um, in Columbus. Uh, so, just like south basically, of Basically... While he's being, the sentence is being read, if you yes. line up the timeline, it's um, ridiculous because it's exactly the time that this deal in yeah. Columbus happened. And then this, this deal in Columbus, which obviously hits a little closer to home for us, being just south of us here, um, 
you see um, a young girl, uh, and I say young because she was under 18. Um, she was 16, I think. Yeah, she was 16. Um, body cam footage was released the same day too, like within six hours. You see this girl swinging a knife, and then uh, she's taken down um, by the force of the police officer using a gun. Um, she's shot. Put four um, right in her chest. And uh, back, right? Because she was swinging, right? Wouldn't that be like the trajectory if she's swinging? She was way? swinging. Her her swing was so wide, it may have hit her in the front of the yeah. chest. Because so, she was that yeah. cocked back. So she, so she gets shot. Um and, you know, very difficult to watch, again, because uh, you hate to see anybody die. I even go back to well, the UFC kid, footage. I hate seeing anybody kid. get hurt. And, you yeah, know what I mean? So, it's like, so the what, thing is what really sad. Yeah, and what happens, too, is, is you see this <clears throat> overreaction on both sides when these things happen. And what happens is we neglect the value of any life, good or bad. Uh, but then you see this enragement where, like, we're not even trying to work out details anymore. Uh, we're immediately jumping to... Um, and I, I say we, I'm like, I'm not included in these rights, but like we fallen human beings want to jump to, um, overreact, uh, right. on these things. Like, Hey, like it was, a, you had to know, like, I think LeBron James had met, tweeted and, and we won't get into like, um, athletes and using their voice for these things, but, but saying like you're next about this officer. And it's like, hold on. Like we, we literally don't even know. So, so here's the thing. This works on both sides as far as like waiting for details. If the police officer is guilty, right. let it be known and let him be charged. And we should we should be proud to see justice served that way. Right. Um, but if the police officer had to use this force, um, and we'll get to, to that, whether we think, um, in our opinion, that it was necessary in this case, um, then that's what needs to be done. Uh, these these guys are going out and, and putting their life on the line, but it doesn't give them a badge to do whatever. Um, but it also means no. that they are going out to p- protect and serve not simply their body, but their community. Um, so what, one more step, because I want to talk. Yeah. Not only are they they're protecting us, but they're serving God. This is like, yeah, I mean, this they, they have a sacred Because duty. of law and order. Yeah, like, yeah. They, I mean, they are God's servant. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I think we forget that sometimes. Like, they're not just here to serve us. That's actually a Which could, actually is, that, that dog will hunt right there because then that means that it's like that makes abuse. We don't get we don't get that, that too. They yes. do it. Yeah, but we don't get to define. Um, we don't get. They don't have to cater to us. Like it's not like we're we're the boss per se. We're part of that, but they all they ultimately they're servants of. God, they're deacons, um, and so we they have to ultimately meet God's standards of justice, not not ours. It's yeah. Just to clarify, they're not deacons as uh, in church the, deacons. Yeah, a church. Deacon. But it's the same but word. Yeah, deacon. That I, word servant is used. Oh, it's diaconate, or uh, yeah. And so, in a, they are yeah, secular right, deacons. Right. You know, they're yeah. deacons of the not of the church, but of the government. So in this case, um, really sad. So. You see her swing a knife. I think that's undisputable at this point. No, right? it's totally undisputable. Like, yeah. Uh, so, and it was um, disputed at first before the body cam footage came out. Her aunt, and I'm not criticizing the woman. You know, what I mean, it's like her niece, and you know, but she was out wailing and saying she had already dropped the knife, and the cop jumps out of the car, starts shooting her. That, and so then, what do you think happens? That's halfway around the world already. Nobody knows. Like, that's not true at all. And, so then, um, because of these lies, Columbus people, has to release this yeah. footage, and and it's sad because, like, again, this is what's sick is we we shouldn't have to be at a point um, where we're getting footage of a sixteen year old dying. Whether I'm it was sure right her wrong. aunt thought that, that yeah. because the the knife was on the ground because she just got blew away and dropped the knife in the process. So the, when the family and other people, everything's it's so fast. Well, well, yeah, like why this? Like what just happened? You know, and you look down, the knife's on the ground, not in her hand. It's like you just shot her. This knife is here. Well, yeah, because it got you know she let go and right, on her way sad. down. I mean, it's but it's terrible. It this it, stuff is what we need. I think is a refresher on um, what is the role of government. What is our responsibility to government and their and the enforcers of government and of law? 
Like the, the Bible deals with this stuff and it's like half the country doesn't like it's like they've never heard of this before. Right? That first of all, this is a God issue. And there's two ways in which this applies or comes out. In Romans 13, God instituted government is not a terror to good conduct. So the government has a responsibility, not just to the people, but ultimately to God, to not be a, to not terrorize. It doesn't even say holy behavior or righteous. It just says good conduct. So normal living, regular, peaceful living, God instituted government is not a terror to that, right? And so any government that is terroristic does terrorize their people, is not God-instituted, and it is not legitimate, and we're not to submit to it. But any government that is not terrorizing its people is God-instituted, even if they're stupid. It is God-instituted, even if they're inefficient. It is God-instituted, even, uh, even if they're godless, but they're not terrorizing their people. There, it's God instituted, and it says that in uh, Romans 13, starting in verse 2, therefore, because it's God instituted, they're not terrorizing the people. Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Now, if I said that right now, if they had me on Fox News or something and said, Oh, Pastor Gary, you know, what do you think about all of this? And I just say what I just said there. I there would be venom, venom, and, and people would be hissing at me. Whoever resists the those authorities and the cops on the ground, they're the hands and feet of these authorities. They're the enforcers. They're resisting God. They're resisting God's um, God's authority over people. So, resisting arrest is a sin. This is a sin issue, right? So before we get to the what authority does God give in the police to enforce the law, before we get there, <coughs> excuse me, it needs to be said that it's not just stupid and foolish to resist arrest because you may catch a beating. It is sinful to do that god has given them the authority and whoever is doing that is sitting against god they will incur judgment and then again he says rulers are not a terror to good conduct but to bad you're saying resisting arrest from those who are doing good conduct yeah you're right exactly. so like if they tried to arrest you for worship and you resist yeah, that's different okay that's I, totally yes let's, that's let's a good just, point let's just clarify so so exactly so or if they suspect you of doing evil conduct and you weren't so they're coming to you if they come into the church and say we're arresting you for worshiping the lord jesus christ and that kind of talk happens all around the world it's not like an unusual thing then 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 tussling with them or trying to protect your people that's not a sin but if they arrest if they come up to you and they say you, Michael Meadows, are under arrest for shoplifting at Target, and you weren't even there. But they're coming to you because they have reason to believe, in their mind, because of bad information or whatnot, you're to submit to them because they are carrying out not evil, they are actually carrying out good by arresting somebody that at that point they believe has committed evil. So they're trying to enforce the law. Now, there is recourse for this through the judicial system and so forth. But you say, and you may say to them, hey, you got the wrong guy, right? But once it once they tell you, you are under arrest, you recognize that it's not God. They're not, Jesus is not arresting you right now. So they're not perfect. And you recognize I'm having to submit to this. And I'm going to have because this government as dumb as it is, I still argue it is not a terror uh, to to the people. 
although they're very stupid, as Donald Trump would say, believe me. Organizational. Believe me. that Well, and the people running it. Believe me. They're very stupid people. So, you know, I do kind of, I get that, right? But they're not terrorizing us. So you submit to that. And then, by God, if you, if you are driving on suspended plates and you got weed in your pocket and they pull you over... Don't you, what right, what planet are you living on where you think because you're black, in this case, 50 years ago may have been because you're white or whatever it is, but in our day we're talking about this black cop, cops arresting black people. On what planet do you think it is appropriate to begin fighting with the police when you know you've got bad plates, you know you've got weed in the car, and they and you know they know this, bro. You lost. You're going to jail, dude. Like there's no, you're, there is no outcome where you're not going to jail, right? Legalized so, weed. So just or or whatever. No, no, let me let me clarify. I was saying legalized. Well, one we we joke around. He said what world, and I I was saying well just legalized weed. I'm not. I'm not advocating for that. That's me throwing a stump at Gary. Right. But I got to clarify because we're talking about hot stuff. But my point is like. So there's the this is foolish. You're not not right. going to jail. Right. Like you acting foolish is not going to get you not into jail. Number one, um, and number two, the bigger issue though that needs to be preached, frankly, in the black community, because they're the ones that have a problem with policing right now. They're the ones complaining about it primarily, right? The first thing you all need to hear is that it is God-ordained and resisting arrest unless you are being terrorized and you having weed in your pocket and having having suspended plates and being black doesn't mean you're being terrorized because you're black. They've got reasonable cause for you to be be pulled over in that moment. So you you have no right. We we agree. More than likely, it's not the case. and, and, And I say that because... Well, well, if it's not the case and you've got racist boss hog or, or whatever behind you... You should still... You still lose especially. because you have suspended plates. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you've got no business whatsoever judging any man's heart and saying it's just because I'm black. You can fight all that stuff in the court system, but the point is this, is that this is God-ordained. What you just said is really good, though, and I think people need to hear, especially... Because what you're you're pointing us to God ordained government, God ordained like just law and order, just obeying it, like don't sin because but, it's a God but, thing. But then if there's a problem, what what Gary's saying is you can fight it in court. But if you don't make it out of that car alive, if you don't make it no. past that interaction alive, that altercation alive, there's really no voices to fight for you. If, and, At that and, point, it's hearsay. Like even if it's truth or wrong, you know what I mean. I want to say I saw this or this was that. Even with body cam footage, man, we're at the point where they're like, it's speculation. Was was it out of her hand yet, or was it not? But you won't live to tell. No. If nor and that's in some cases, should you right live to tell? Now, hear what I just said. You do not have the legal or moral right to fight with. The police, you are to, God said, Romans 13, you are to submit to them. So you have no basis to be fighting with the police. And the police, it says here uh, in Romans 13, that he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be a subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. It says here that, um, oh, where was I at here? They're ministers of God. And they have a sworn duty to uphold the law. Okay? So we're not here to have a conversation. And I tell people on the reverse side on how to deal with the police they're not your friend. You're not their friend. They're not your friend. You give them what they want, and that's it. They're there to enforce the law. And if you're fighting with them, either verbally, thinking you're going to debate with them and somehow win, you're not, and nor should you. And if you're physically going to start fighting with them, 
they're still going to enforce the law, which means seize you, which means stop you from doing whatever they think you were doing. Mm -hmm. And then when you compound that by attacking them, reaching for a gun, reaching for a knife, coming at them, overwhelming them, their obligation is not only just to their little kids and their wife and uh, their, uh, their, you know, their, their partners, their fellow uh, cops, they're obligated by God to stop you from doing that. So you, if you start fighting with the police, and it's so crazy that we got to say this, but we need to, here, let me say, you may die and you may need to die for doing that. And we need to start saying that and we need to stop telling the police that somehow they need to apologize for killing people when those people are are threatening the life of somebody while ignoring the fact that either either like the they, one girl they didn't want to do that you know what I mean? like, there's no, no, no they never said that's the thing is like no one's talking well not <laughs> no one most people aren't like interviewing the police officers and saying like how do you feel about that you know why because they're going to counseling over oh things. yeah like, the no it's ridiculous through, you know, it's they, they see so yeah. in the case in Columbus, that girl was killed, and some people said, "Well, were you afraid of a girl with a knife?" No, but the girl who was standing there in the pink, uh, uh, the pink outfit there, she was afraid. She didn't have no knife. I don't yeah. have anything on me right Somebody now. Somebody swinging you with a knife. knife. Yeah. So the cop, or if the co- it's the cop who may get like that one kid who was thirteen or fourteen that they knew he had a gun. They saw him, sh- or they for sure heard him shooting it, and he ditched it at the last second and turned. It's oh, the yeah. middle of the night, two in the morning. Yeah, okay, he ditched the thing, and a nanosecond later turns around. That cop doesn't know that that gun has been dropped because it's dark. Which is actually goes back to your point to like what police officers have to deal with all the time. That aunt that came out and said she dropped yes. her knife. It's so like pop pop, just it's yeah, like it, and that's what we mean by pop pop. Like it's it's in baseball they call it a bang bang play. Yeah, and like it happens so fast you've got to react. Yeah, and so if you way. slow down the video, you can see. Yeah, but in real life, that's not how it works. Yeah. Which, so, the so people need to understand that it's not wrong for cops to do that. Now, we could go on and on about police brutality, police. All of that is also a sin because they and happens and it yeah. does happen when the when and, and they so it's we're not justifying abuse of power because no. they are God's servants. And they are, as God's servants, not to be... In fact, God's true servants, civil servants, are not a terror to good conduct. And so a cop who is abusive, a cop that is, um, uh, you know, a murderer, that is not justifiable. And so that needs punished. It needs needs to be illegal. There needs to be all of these things. Mm -hmm. But we need to get back to, like, basics here, folks. Like, and it goes back... To the Bible, it, literally, there is nothing that goes on in society that the Bible doesn't tell us what to do and how to think about these things. And if you have young people in your life, uh, whatever their color is, but man, this is, do do you need? I don't know if it's the music they're listening to, where they're like f the police, and I, you know they're fighting police, whatever they're what like whatever they're thinking that that is gonna go well. It's not going to go well. And the rest of us sitting back at home watching this on the news, we need to be comfortable saying, nor should it go well. They, if you're fighting the cop, you ought to, you, you must, you must catch a beating for that until, until you stop fighting. Because you submitting is not quite, it's not up for debate. So if you want to get Billy clubbed until you're unconscious and have brain bleeding, then that's where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And the cop is right to bludgeon you like that until it happens. Yeah, so uh, I would even go the step to say, like, if if they come to arrest me because of worship, you know, cuff me. Um, it, it goes into, like, one of those things, and let me tell you this. This is the reverence I just have for the, the police. Like, like, I understand their authority. I understand that there can be abuse. Because I don't – here's the thing. I don't know any of the police officers personally here in our town – um, so I've got to work on the sense that they may be wacko. Yeah. Um, literally. And, and guess what? They've got a gun by their side. Um, 
So even for me, I would rather go ahead and you cuff me. Like I'm not going to stop worshiping, which means in that case, we're talking about an extreme here. I yeah. would be cuffed. I, I would like to go with them to jail. I'm not going to fight with them. Yeah. But if they were... Because it could hit a point where it's like, I may not walk away alive. Right. Um, I'll go to be with the Lord, but... Let's say, but in China, like or, some, or like a Muslim country especially, they may start getting violent in their quote-unquote arresting. Right. Where they're like and smacking the ladies and hitting the... You know, like... Then, then Which we don't now, put up with. Now you're resisting. You know what I mean? Like, right. And you're resisting for good reason. But if you were over in... Uh, if you were over in um, Syria or some... God for... You know, wherever. In, in Yemen, right? And you're cooking heroin in Yemen, they're going to kick the door down on you and they're going to beat the blank and blank out of you, right? And... <laughs> you have no right to resist them because you're breaking the law. So, you know, see what I'm saying? Like you, you, the premise is that the submission comes in when they are operating for the good. But, but what I'm saying too, like, and, I, and I, I'm pretty sure you agree, especially here in America. Even if they're terror, for the most part. Um, because I, I would say at the whole system. Point, yeah, I mean, like, system, I see what you're just, saying. Just, like, just get arrested. Yeah, at um, this point. Yeah, at this right, point, right. We're not. In we may have to do a podcast later and, yeah, and be like, we're not talking about African Americans, Caucasians. Everybody needs to resist because yeah, um, it's getting crazy out there. No, um, no, 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 not at all. We're not. So it's and, theory, and, I'm saying let's go theory, theory. Let's talk about theory. this one too. Um, because I, I think we've we've talked about this. The lady cop, actually, around the time of the George Floyd thing, she went to get the taser and yelled taser. And then she shot ought to be fired. And she and was. So. Well, and never be a cop again because that is total incompetence and stupidity. And I, that sounds very brutal and judgmental. But I don't believe she meant to do that. I don't think there's any evidence that she did that. But when you... This goes to you are a servant You don't believe of, there's any evidence she yeah, did what? On purpose. Okay. Killed the guy. I think she meant to grab the taser. But you are a servant of God. And just like the pastor's role is sacred in that sense. Like you don't just willy-nilly let some hillbilly that doesn't, well, maybe a hillbilly, but somebody who's uneducated, doesn't know the Bible, but is a real nice guy, you, he doesn't get to be the pastor. That's not how this works. Why? Because you have a responsibility to God to fulfill the mission of God in that whatever that mission is in that context, right? So likewise, because of everything I just said about the cops has the right to beat you down. If you're resisting them, they have the right to kill you. They have a license to kill you if 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 uh, if necessary, right? That is a they have the not only that to those extremes. They have the right to put your arms behind your back and cuff you like an animal, put you in a cage like an animal. They have the God-given right to do these things. So because of all of that, what I just said, you better make sure that you've got quality servants of God as policemen. People that, that even if they may not be Christian, you would call them maybe a God-fearer. They're aware of, 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 of that concept, that they don't just work for the chief or they don't just work for whatever, but they have a moral obligation to be righteous and because of all of the authority God gave them. So her, I don't believe, I don't believe somebody who is competent, okay, would accidentally grab a taser or grab a gun instead of a taser. They don't feel the same. They're on two different sides of her body. Um, I think it is literally somebody incompetent. Now, she'd been on the force like 15 or 20 years or something. And apparently this obviously has never happened before. But that's by the grace of God or something. Because something, either she used to be competent and maybe she's getting older. Or I don't know what the deal is. Right. But you can't let somebody like that be a cop. Period. And I the, thought it was important to, to kind of end there to let right. let people know like how much we value this position. It's a high um, calling for yeah. excellent. And, it needs to be excellent people. And I'll say as much as I don't care for all the things going on, particularly in our community with the discussions and pastors about police brutality and stuff, our city <laughs> does a great job with community efforts to connect the police with the community because that helps 
police the community. Like you're able to know people. And, yeah. and I think that's why we don't really hear about much going on here in town. Recently, we had an event uh, just in the past few days and it was handled well. Um, but again, some guy got tased. Or yeah, whatever. but our the police are out in the community, and look, I expect them to use force if it's protecting our community and serving yes. our community. You don't want to live uh, in the alternative. Alternative. Yeah, and and not I'm all cases you. require the maximum force. No, you, know you don't. I mean? no, like right. tasing's a force for sure. Yeah. You could mess Batoning's somebody up. Batoning's a force. Do you yeah. know tasing could kill you? Like it could give somebody cardiac arrest. Like it's it's not like it's like. Completely safe. You're literally electrocuting somebody, but it's less lethal, less Dude, I'm going to die by the hands of the police one day. Uh-huh. You want them to tase you? No. Oh. I'm just going to. Because me, I will have a heart attack every time I get pulled over. <laughs> i like, man, when I break a rule or think I broke a rule. Now, this, let me clarify. This has nothing to do with the police. This is me being like, I always feel like I've done something wrong. And uh, I've been pulled over twice here in Medina. And both times were because Aubrey's uh, license had expired. And I was the one driving, and they pull me over, and like I've got my hands up on the steering wheel, yeah. like I am like, <gasps> oh yeah, my heart's beating and because they're, like, they're not your friend. And they immediately look at me, and they're like, oh, they're like, do you know the owner of the vehicle? I'm like, it's my wife, she's right here. And they're like, do you know your license is expired? She says, yes, I know. And then she's like, okay, and they'll like walk away, and I'm like, Whoa. police, but, dude. I literally got pulled over that time about uh, Aubrey's license, and I was like, uh, how did I do, officer? And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, did I do everything right? Like, did I, did I help you out? And I, I think those things are important, guys, uh, to build these relationships. Have brief and, interactions with the police when they got their badge on. Yeah. If they're, once they're off duty, then they'd be your friend. Yeah. If not, listen, they're under so much stress Brewing. that you don't understand. Yeah. Because they may have, two hours ago, I was listening to one cop that was saying um, he had to go back out. Like he, uh, this guy, I think he killed himself or almost killed himself, shot himself, and there was like brain matter that splattered on this cop or so, it somehow got on him like that. And he had, it's like horrifying. He had to go home, get changed into a new uniform, and he was back on the street in an hour and a half after taking a shower and things like this. And then he had to pull somebody over and give him a speeding ticket. And he's, and so you don't know that crap. You don't know if they just saw earlier that night they had, they took a call some woman that got raped. You know what I mean? And it, like you don't just they're not your friend. This isn't buddy time. Give them what they don't give them lip. Don't give them nothing but what they ask for. Man, they go through a lot. Yeah, don't. It's like you don't. And so don't think like pray for them. Or they may have an attitude. They might be jerks that night. Right. Well, you why? Because they're white. No, <laughs> because they just had to had to deal with some god awful thing, right? That it, and literally on the same shift, they may deal with somebody who they walk in and is bloodied and had been raped like so bad that that you can't even fathom it. And then once that's wrapped up, traffic violation. Yeah, then you well, just turn. Mad yeah, yeah, you just went through a red light, and that cop's now pulling you over. So it's like, yeah, he may be a little bit edgy. Um, you know, it's like, I, I don't know what to tell you. So just ob obey what they're telling you, okay? And you're going to be okay. Like, just just that's what's going to happen. This is a God issue. These people saying defund the police. If you're voting for that crap, you're voting for the devil. Like, that is so satanic and anti-God. That is defiant. It's like defend. De <laughs> it's like Total defiance against God. This is God instituted, folks. Yeah, we need law and order. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't even know what's the debate. Right. Shouldn't be a debate amongst Christians. We hope that this difficult podcast helped you put Jesus in the perspective. If you have questions about this episode, a previous episode, or about a relationship with Jesus, please email us at engage at newhillowh.com, and we'll reach out to you and answer your questions. All right, church, go out and honor God in all that you do. Observe the things he's commanded. Provide to the needs of others and extend the offer that's been extended to you. Peace. Boom.